Support for Great Minds is provided by The Wine Store, located at 1200 Central Avenue in Naples. The Wine Store offers a unique selection of wines from small production, artisan, and family-owned wineries. Their in-store wine education center hosts classes for the novice and connoisseur alike. Details are at thewinestorenaples.com. Welcome to Great Minds, the wine-centric podcast that looks beyond what you see, smell, and taste in the glass to the much more interesting world of the people that make it happen, as well as the culture and the history behind what is in that glass. I'm Gina Birch. And I'm Julie Glenn. There seem to be days designated for almost everything. Mm -hmm. There's Grandparents' Day. Yep. Taco Day. Yeah. Oh, I love Taco Day. And every single wine grape seems to have a day. And there's an international wine day as well. Just generic wine. Just drink wine. That would be every day. Yes. And my house. (laughs) (laughs) So I think this month is Idaho Wine Month. (laughs) Really? Actually in June. Yeah. Okay. Uh, But we're actually coming up on a day that is, you know, should be a national holiday, at least a statewide holiday in places where it's super duper hot. Rosé. That's coming up this Saturday, June 8th, uh, Rosé Day. Restaurants are already putting out those Rosé All Day signs trying to mm-hmm. entice people. Rosé is pink wine, not to be confused with sweet white Zinfandel. And right. if you still think white Zinfandel is what pink wine is about, then it is time to crawl out from underneath that rock you've been living under mm-hmm. and get with the times. I don't. Is, is there anybody that still thinks pink wine is only sweet? I think there still is a stigma for some, yeah. I, I, I do. I mean, I had somebody come up to me in a restaurant. Now, this was a couple of years ago, granted, and I was drinking pink, and, and it was almost like they were trying to embarrass me because they know I like wine. It was like really loudly, Gina Birch drinking pink. Ooh. And I said, come here. And I did one of those <laughs> finger things. I said, come here right now. Let me tell you a little story. And I said, taste this. I'm like, oh. I said, mm-hmm. Get on. <laughs> Move on. You just take your judgment yeah. right on with exactly. you because you're wrong. So And wrong. just take the glass because now I don't want your cooties. Yeah. I'll buy another glass. I don't want to, like, catch wrongness from yeah, your grossness. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are some rosés that are a little on the sweeter side. Yeah, there are. You know, mm-hmm. and White Zinfandel, we all know it was sweet. We all were suckled upon that after we oh. got out of the uh, crib. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, that's the thing. That's kind of that transition, that sweet stuff from, you know, sodas all teenage years. Mm-hmm. And then you start to grow up. And then, you know, your first wines are going to be a little bit sweeter because that's what you're used to drinking. Exactly. Beverages are no almost, judgment on that. I, no I cut my teeth on, on uh, White Zen. Yeah, Sutter yeah. Home. Yeah. Well, I like some Behringer, too. I kind of cut my teeth on um, Riesling. Black okay. Tower. Because it was the goth I was going to say Blue Nun. No, goth Black Tower. And it was like this cylindrical black uh, bottle. It, said black. it was because it was the goth right. era for me. Mm-hmm. So it was like, this is so mysterious. And it was like basically, you know. Sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar with a small amount of booze, <laughs> which is probably better that it worked out that way. So rosé can be made from almost any red grape. Um, the most popular ones are Pinot Noir, Grenache, and Syrah, but we've had them from all, from Zen and, and from uh, all kinds. Its pink color comes from the brief contact with the grape skins, and it's very important. It's a very difficult balance. Many producers want that a light, delicate color, like a ballet pink, and that means a little less contact with the skins, but then when you flip it on the other side, it's the contact that gives the wine the structure. So here's where uh, that balancing act comes in and makes rosé not such an easy wine to make. A good rosé. Let me let me rephrase that. A good rosé. You can make some crusty, not good rosé mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, fairly easily. But yeah, there is uh, an important 
thing about the color and different grapes have a different, you know, color. Pro- you know, like Grenache sometimes can kind of like bluish pink. Mm-hmm. And then Pinot Noir can get a little more salmon-y sometimes. Ooh, I've had a Cab Franc that looks like the juiciest, fleshiest, darkest part of a watermelon. And it just sits out there and you're like, what the what is that? Uh, Cab and, Franc. Yeah. yeah. And you know, there are a couple of ways to, to, to extract that color and make these wines. And one is called saigné, which means bleeding in French. That's luscious. Yeah, right? It does not coagulate, <laughs> No, it does not. <laughs> so the juice is bled off the tank of red wines. And this is something that's you know pretty much done on a regular basis to concentrate the flavors of the red wine, of a lot of wines. So a, a lot of times what producers will do, I'm like, we don't want to dump that down the drain. Let's make a rosé out of it because it's light. It's had little contact. Um, oh, so they so they have red wine. They're going to be making red wine. Mm-hmm. And they have kind of like it's extra juicy. Yeah. Maybe. So they take some of that liquid out of there and you end up with what you have there is a rosé, but then you have a more concentrated red that they'll put into bottling. Exactly. Oh, that's pretty, uh, you know, economical. It's very economic and makes sense. But the problem with that is the grapes in the tank were picked with that particular wine in mind. Mm. So they're going to be picked at a certain level of acidity and sugar and... When you're looking at a nice crisp rosé, you want to pick those a little earlier, those grapes, because you don't necessarily want all that sugar and all. You want a different structure with the rosés. So when you bleed that juice off, now you've got to manipulate it to get some of that acid back in. Uh So that's where some of these rosés can be a little bit flabby. And, And sometimes I can taste where it's been manipulated because you've got to add a bunch of crap to it to make it better again or to make it what you think it should be. Maybe not crap, but you know what I mean. I know what you're saying. Yeah, well, yeah, we've tasted the crap. (laughs) We've we've done our our time. So I think the best rosés for me personally, and I I have tasted some great Saunier rosés, but come from the the, the rosés where the grapes were uh, grown and picked specifically to make a rosé. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the regions that have done the best um, have been those that, do that and have done that mm-hmm. traditionally as like their thing. Maybe back in the day when you'd have red winemakers that would do a little bit of that bleed off, they'd make mm-hmm. a rosé just for like their house wine yeah. just to kick around so they didn't have to make any money off of it, but they had to do something with that mm-hmm. stuff. That's then, why it was so inexpensive. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a byproduct. Why yeah. not? That's a beautiful byproduct. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's better than whey after you've made cheese. Mm-hmm. Way better than whey. Oh, look at what so you did there, there, little did pun. That. You're I really so did. clever. I think, you know, you were talking about certain certain areas, and there's one that I hear a lot with rosé, and it's Provence style. Yeah, they really seized the market mm-hmm. uh, when it when it came to the cachet and the seaside French villa, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That whole lifestyle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Making it uh, fashionable to drink rosés, so I mean that completely makes sense. It's drier, it's light, it's it's a pretty pink, and you know Provence gets most of the attention or a lot of the attention globally. But the Languedoc actually produces more rosé than any other region by uh, region by volume. They do more than Provence. They produce a lot of wine in general. Yes, they do. In Languedoc, right? Then you have Tavel, which is in the Rhone area, southern Rhone, and that's only thing they produce in Tavel is rosé. You're yeah. not allowed to produce a white or a red and have the word Tavel, you know, to have that um, specificity. Like Chateauneuf de Pop, you can only have a certain type of grapes or you, can, you mm-hmm. can't put the Chateauneuf de Pop in there. That's the way it is with, with Tavel. And you go through this tiny little village and there's just pink everywhere and it's so awesome. So you've been there. Oh, yeah. Did you just breathe through the nose I all the time? Just, like- I, see, you can tell me. Look at me now. I'm just like giddy like a little girl. And the thing with, the, <laughs> with some of these rosés from Tavel is they're meant to age. I had one at a restaurant. 
uh, at the end of last year, and it was they brought it out. It must have been the last one they had on the menu, and it was 2014. And I thought, mm, you're like, this sure is 2019 that. or 18, whatever. And it was drinking beautifully. It was so lovely. It was a dark color, and it was just needed food with it. Uh, and it's like this isn't your, your grandma's rosé, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that would be the the white zen. But it's, it's interesting <clears throat> that you say that because a lot of people, I think, uh, classify all rosé as well as you know just fresh white wines, mm-hmm. and they want to have it as fresh as possible. And what's cool about rosé is, like right now in June, you're getting 2018s. Right, they're they're coming out, hitting the market. Maybe that's why they. These marketing geniuses. Oh. Maybe that's why Rosé Day is happening right yeah, now. Because yeah, you hit on something. It finally got through the distribution right. channels and the importers, and it's hitting the shelves Bottled now. and yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I went to a wine. Uh, I went to a master class with Gerard Bertrand, which we've talked about a couple of times here on the podcast. And that was an awesome interview, <sighs> and if you haven't listened to it yet, you can always uh, slide back into the uh, playlist and find right. that one. It's a yeah. good one. Very cool. We talked about we talked him for Earth Day, but he produces a number of rosés, and I'm telling you that as we tasted through there they just got bigger and badder every time there's one called source of joy where the y looks like the eiffel tower and this is i think this was new to uh, to the u.s market uh, it's got a long finish it's very luscious it's organic then there was the and i always say this i'm going to say this right look at how i corrected myself chateau le sauvignon la villa sauvignon. it looks like it looks like sauvignon like sauvignon blanc but it's jean g-e-o-n-n-e and it's a Grenache and Morvedre. But the cool thing about this is they have they've co-fermented a little bit of Vermentino and Viognier. Oh, is that a flower bomb? Yeah. Well, no. It's it has it has some of that, you know, in, in the nose. So yeah. it has those, those aromatics. But they also put a little bit of the wine in oak, so it gives it a weighty mouthfeel. Mm. But it's not too much. It just rounds it out. Um, so it's still fresh, but it's got this big mouthfeel, and it can age. And this is not your little $13 bottle of rosé. It's $60. 60 bones. 60 bones for a rosé. and But it's just such a cool for, you know, if you're a wine geek and you want to look for something like that, I, I, I recommend f- trying to find that. You know, there, there are some rosés that uh, stretch the old wallet, mm-hmm. um, but they also have the ones that are more accessible for those of us. Like us, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> who, who have the, che- the the money to pay for the the entry level is what yeah. they call it. There's one like um, this one, yeah, like that one. Oh, I sorry. love mm. that one. This is available. This is one of Gerard Bertrand's. It's so. Mm. This is a 2018 Cote de Rose. Cote Rose, Cote de, de Rose. Roses. It looks R-O-S-E-S. Roses. A roses. It's got the S on the end. But what's cool about it is Sud de France, Languedoc. Okay, but in the bottom of the bottle, it's like an etched rose. Like if you had a bunch of these, which would be ideal, <clears throat> lying on their side mm-hmm. in a thing, you just look like you're looking at a bunch of glass carved roses. This is not expensive. No, it's around $17 in that range. It's mm-hmm. under $20. And he had a, a young up-and-coming designer from Paris design this bottle. So it's got the glass stopper. What is that called? The Vin, Vinolac? Vinolac. I love them. They're so great. Right. And you can keep those, by the way, and use them as toppers for your wine. I'm not going to say it's going to preserve them super great. I mean, but for a day. For a day. And, and what I love about these, this one, too, it comes in half bottles. So you can keep them and maybe put oil and vinegar in them with, the, with that stopper on and let it sit on your counter. It's a beautiful, it's a worth-keeping bottle. They also make a Chardonnay in this as well. Oh, with the same bottle style? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What's that Chardonnay like? It's good. Yeah? I might have one. Mm, 
I might be we'll hoarding it, but I will share with you. Did <laughs> <laughs> you see my eyebrow? You're looking yeah, at me like, like oh, dang it, it she called me out on that's kind of cool how do the what kind of sh- uh, chardonnay style is it then is it kind of like a french style a little bit lighter more yeah clean, it's lighter linear? and cleaner and um you know it comes from a it comes from a warm region so it's it's gonna it, it does have that tropical i'll bring it in another time but and it's we not can... full-on cougar juice oh hell heck no <laughs> <laughs> i like how you correct yourself <laughs> so um you know we were talking about different price points there's another one that has very wide-ranging price points and that is whispering mm. angel and chateau desclans remember yes. that line remember whispering angel like just hit everywhere i'm telling and, and i and I, I got on the whispering angel boat literally i got on one of their boats in miami once but uh, <laughs> But when it first was introduced, and Sasha, oh, I can't remember his last name. Not Who's, Sasha Baron Cohen. No, he Sasha he, Lachine. Yes. How do I have that in my? That head? was so great. Um, I interviewed him, and maybe you were writing about wine back in the day too, mm-hmm. and maybe you interviewed him too. But he was really, you know, it was very interesting. And man, that was that was the rage. Everybody was drinking Whispering Angel, and it's still still people drink a lot of it, and it's still well produced. And they've got several tiers in the Chateau d'Escalons. Yeah, uh, the Chateau d'Escalons goes up to. God, I think it goes up to ninety something. Yeah, uh, ninety something dollars for a bottle. I mean, it's, I don't, rem- I don't recall. So let's not. Was there me. some big deal? Speaking of price of that, with Malia Obama drinking. Yeah, one of the Obama daughters. She was at a Miami hotel, and there was this big, you know, they're trying to make a big deal out of it. She's having ninety dollar bottle of wine. Well. Chateau de Sclo, but it was Whispering Angel. And you're at a Miami hotel. And you're at a Miami hotel. That's you know normally. What? Whispering Angel is like. Upper 20s? I think it's like 25 or under. Maybe yeah. it's 20 to 25. It depends on where you're shopping to. Exactly. You know, but I, I've seen it for uh, 23. It used to be like 14 back mm-hmm. in the day. And then it went up to 23 because it got wildly popular. Right. And that's retail. But if you're at a hotel in Miami and you buy anything by the bottle, 90 is cheap. <laughs> So she's. they were trying to make it look like she was being all extravagant and things like yeah. that. But I will say she has great taste. Mm-hmm. It's a very good wine. And it was a very conservative expenditure at a Miami hotel. It was. And, you know, and Whispering Angel is hot in Miami hotels. I've seen it a lot of places. Yeah. Not that I frequent a lot of Miami hotels, but, you know, I've seen it a few times. <laughs> I've heard about that. <laughs> anyway, so... If we get to talking about the rosé, there is uh, another one that I wanted to talk about because you brought it in, and I'm happy because it's fabulous. It's, it's a, a screw, screw top. <laughs> this mm, one mm. is from I'm smelling it out of the bottle. My this is my favorite producer in the universe, and this was this is okay. The Ned, mm-hmm. the Ned Pinot Noir, and I know you love this producer, and this is uh, or this is a Pinot Noir. Rosé. Pinot Noir Rosé. I love Why it. do you love this Morisco brand so much? I love every single thing that they do. Mm-hmm. I've tried their wines way back in the day when they first um, came to one of the distributors that I was working with. And I've tried a lot of wines in my life. And I'm not trying to sound like I'm a lush, but it's kind of a job thing. Right. But it's just one of those lines where every single thing that they put out is great. Um, and I will suggest it and advocate for it as much as I ever can. This is their um, less expensive line, right? The Ned? The Ned is the less expensive. They have a Pinot Noir, a Sauvignon Blanc, and a Rosé, and they're all, you know, kind of 15-ish range. Again, it all varies by the retail and where you get it, but it's their their screw cap. The the Sauvignon Blanc is fresh. The Pinot Noir I haven't had in a long time. So um, oh, and they also have the Pinot Gris. 
The Pinot Which Gris. Which is super cool. Okay, so that's another rosé thing. So this is a really good rosé conversation to have. And I think I might have mentioned this to you before because I recount this story often so that I can <laughs> embarrass myself repeatedly. But I was in Italy one time, a long time ago, and I ordered a Pinot Grigio. This is way back in the, mm-hmm. before I knew a whole oh. lot about wine. Ordered that darn Pinot Grigio, it came out, and it was about the same color as this Cote de Roses from... Um, Gerard Bertrand. It had a little tint it to it. It wasn't a, clear. Yeah. I mean, compared to the Ned, and we're looking at the colors right now, the Ned is a bright, vibrant Yeah, pink. it's more of a, 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 a salmon. Yeah. I mean, it's but, well, almost coral. A fresh salmon. or Yeah. Well, we'll take some pictures. What we're going to do, we're going to take pictures of these bottles, by the way, and put them on our um, yeah. social media so you can see them. And the Cote de Rose, Roses that I'm looking at here, this um, Gerard Bertrand one, is so much lighter. Mm. It, it's, um, I call it ballet pink. Yeah, ballet slipper pink. You are so right. Although they now make ballet slippers in different shades to match different skin oh, tones. Finally, it took them forever. Yeah. But I don't want to get into that. Anyway, <laughs> so this is um, the ballet slipper kind of pink, the traditional old school one. Um, and he does make a ballerina oh, rosé, yes, by the he way. he does. And we did try that yeah. at the Wine Spectator. Sorry, event. I keep getting you off track. Go ahead. Know, tell, your, can, tell your story. It's no big deal. <laughs> I mean, that's how my brain works, too. But the... Uh, the thing with the Pinot Gris, I, I ordered Pinot Grigio. I'm sitting there. They bring it out. The thing is kind of a light, light, light mm. pink. And I'm like, uh, no, I ordered Pinot Grigio. And they're like, that is a Pinot Grigio. And I was, I just felt so dumb when I figured out that, yes, it's kind of a little pinkish. Yeah. Because the grape is called Gris because it's a little bit gray, Grigio right. Gris. Um, and so it ends up giving a little bit of color to the, the wine. And the Ned Pinot Gris has a little bit of color because of the, you know, skin action. Mm-hmm. So if you ever get a Pinot Gris or Pinot Grigio and it comes out a little bit rosé, don't complain about it. Just enjoy it. Yeah, I had somebody. Don't um, be me. <laughs> well, I, I had that experience, too, where somebody, um, we I, I had recommended something and they're like, Gina, I think this Ned was was off and I'm like what was off about it did it smell funky did it what was off about it oh it's a weird color like no that's they kind of prided themselves the Ned prides themselves in their Pinot Gris uh and having that little tinge of color Mm -hmm. to it and I think it's kind of cool so this this uh Pinot Noir Rosé comes from New Zealand so we've gone from one end of the spectrum to the other Mm -hmm. and this to me is a lot more acidic Mm-hmm. Um, it's the it's a bigger color. It's a totally different grape than than the one we just tried from well, Languedoc. But yeah, d- totally different grape, different wine style. Everything about it, um, I think, is is funny because it's a tale of two roses. Mm-hmm. Um, so different. Um, this one, I think, is a lot more beefy. It's got. I could have some food with it right now. Yeah, I mean, can you pull something out of your bag? Yeah, I have a, a seared salmon fillet right here <laughs> um, with the, with a soy glaze. Ooh, that would please, be great. lovely. I think. Oh, that would be. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I just got hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's um, and this would be great with Indian food, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. And then they have another line. They got the Ned, and then it's Morisco Vineyards that puts the mm-hmm. Ned out. So Morisco has their entire King series, which I think we talked about around Game of Thrones time. Yeah, they have the Bastard Chardonnay and the yeah. Sticky End, which is a sweet wine, a dessert yeah. wine, and the Thorn in the King's side, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, King's Bastard, mm-hmm. the Bastard, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's an entire story. So if you really want to go in that rabbit hole, have a good time because I did, obviously. And I <laughs> I always um, love those wines. Well, um, I'm glad we're kicking off National Rosé Day or International Rosé Day a, a little bit early. And it's that time of the year. Rosé every day. Rosé all day. Drink pink. Enjoy mm-hmm. it. And don't be afraid. Do it. And if you're a red person that's kind of like, eh, I'm not really into white wine. 
Rosé could be your summer jam. Yeah, try it. Like we said, the Cab Franc, maybe a, a Tempranillo. There's all, there are all kinds of rosés that are a little bigger, meatier, have a little more heft to them. And I feel like Pinot Noir, for some reason, even though it's one of the lighter ones of the Red Kingdom, like it's not known for its hugeness, <clears throat> um, in the rosé land, Pinot Noir gets a lot bigger. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that a lot of uh, what Pinot Noir is bringing to the table might come from the pulp more so than the skins. Perhaps. Ooh. I'm just saying. Again, you're sleuthing it again. I am. I like it. I'm going to end up making wine at some point in my life, I'm sure. All right. Well, let's kick off our shoes, (laughs) drink the rest of this rosé, and uh, cheers to National Rosé Day. Ching. Today we're starting something new. There are a lot of people that we work in the building with, and um, many of them are incredibly interesting. And sometimes we like to get people and ask them about wine and talk to them about wine. And usually they're looking at us like, huh? Huh? (laughs) <laughs> right. And, you know, these are these are people who have, I would say, uh, a general palate. I don't want to say average because that sounds bad. But, I mean, you know, an average, they know what they like. They're ne- not necessarily going to go out and drop 100 bones on a wine at dinner. It's just and like, they give s- me something affordable. And-, and they straight up do not geek out on it like us. Right. I have neighbors like that, and they're like, I don't know, this tastes like a football field. And he says, I know that's not a, a term. Like, no, but it is because you just describe what it reminds you of. So that's perfect. You like don't freshly be- mowed grass. Yeah, exactly. It must have been. Yes. New Zealand Sauvignon it was Blanc. Totally right. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're going to have a sleuth, a sleuth segment next. Yeah, we should. <laughs> okay, so what we decided to do was bring in some people that we work with all the time and say, hey, uh, why don't you try this wine with us? So we got a sample in the mail from a public relations company, and it's a Spanish wine, and the name of the wine is Muriel. And we are lucky enough to work with a Muriel. Hi, Muriel. Hi, Gina. Hi, Julie. <laughs> and Muriel's been in this building and has been working here. And she told me that she, the only reason she came in here to do this, and she has not been featured on the radio. She's not done any of this. Nothing. Uh, You're behind the scenes all stuff. the way. Behind the scenes all Always. the way. She said the only reason she's coming in is because I asked her to do it. Oh, and, and you that is her- the truth. And, and, and the wine didn't hurt, did it? The second word was wine, and <laughs> I came. That'll running, do it every time. Running every time. Yes. So you're today's drive-by taster. Yes. What do you typically drink when you when you buy a wine? Do you have something that's your go-to, or you? Up until a few months ago, without fail, it was Pinot Noir. Okay. And my quest was to find the perfect Pinot Noir. Mm. Never did. So <laughs> Good luck with that. It's, it's a tough one. Moved on from there and then decided with friends, they, a lot of them drink white wine, you know, Chardonnay, and it was kind of like blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got a Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand, mm. and it was mm, yeah, right? fruity. So I've been on the white kick since but this is my first white Roja. Okay, so this comes first. from Rioja. It yeah, is, Rioja. It's it 100% Viura is the okay. uh, grape Viura. that's in here. So that's what's cool about whites. I mean, people don't really adventure a lot into the whites. So I'm no. really excited to hear that you're doing this. Yes. And maybe yes. that's why they just put uh, Blanco on there. Yeah, it's just a Viura because you know, nobody knows what Viura is. Like, oh, it's a white wine. I can, I can buy into that. Yeah, and it's not specified oh, either. It's not, uh, they're not saying what it is. No. Yeah, it so doesn't say it on the bottle. That would make it interesting. Yeah, but then also sometimes on the shelf a little it. scary. Um, then it would next step would be go to the price. 
Yes. Yeah. And if it was above twenty three ninety nine, it would be you would like, say no. I don't know about that. You're taking a chance. I'm taking a chance. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you the price on this. All right. I have the okay. suggested retail in front of you, but I'm not going to tell you. But we'll go Let's ahead and try guess it. what we think. Let's okay. give it a so, try. So Muriel is from Fincas de la Villa, Villa, Villa. Muriel, I didn't know you were from there. No, (laughs) Dublin, Ireland. I'm a Guinness girl. I get some mineral and just in the nose. Mm. Smells smells fresh. Yeah, that's easy like Sunday morning to me. It's a nice medium. Mm, Yeah. Do you like it? I do like it. I could drink this all day. Are you proud that it's named after you? I could do this during the day. This would be a daytime This is a porch pounder, right? Out into the night, yes. Yes. It's It's got a little spice on the finish and a little... Again, a little um, minerality to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want the description that they say is mm. the wine is a bright, pale yellow color with greenish reflections. The fruit in the nose and palate are intense and fresh with floral and fruity notes of white mm. pear, apple, and citrus. Although I don't think I would have described this one as really necessarily floral, but maybe no. like a muted no. floral. Right. I, yeah. I do taste apple. Yeah. I would say apple. I like a Granny Smith apple. Granny Smith. I mean, it's, yes, yeah, it's a green tart. apple. Mm-hmm. A little citrus, but not a grapefruit citrus. I'm nope. going to guess this is $13.99. You're guessing $13.99? What do you think? Uh, because it's Muriel, you know, she she comes with a very high price. Yes. And I would go with $18.99. Okay. $18. Mm-hmm. In, in around there. All right. Well, the suggested retail is $11.99. Okay. Which wow. means probably once it actually gets to an actual store, Probably about thirteen, right? And then they put yeah. it on sale for eleven ninety nine to make sure they get the margin they want. <laughs> then right? I would definitely buy it. That it would be a definite. Yes. Yeah, Muriel gives Muriel a thumbs up. Yes, <laughs> I'll take that. I really like the drive by taster. I, I, I love this. this is gonna, and Muriel, can you come back for another drive by tasting, even if it's not named after? I you? most certainly will. Right. Maybe we'll try to find that perfect Pinot for her. A perfect Pinot, yes. That's gonna be tough. When yeah. I find a perfect Pinot, we're gonna I'm have you back. I will come back for that. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, I never Muriel. did find it. Thank you. Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producers for online media are Anna Bejarano and Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Mike Canary. Great Minds theme music for Zante is by Colin Mannon. To get in touch, check greatminds.org or leave a message on the Grape Line at 707-200-3632. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>